Welcome back to Modern Revolutionist. Today I'm going to talk to you about how we come into a deeper understanding of the self, of ourselves, and that also means that through this process, we come into deeper understandings of other people. We come to understand what it is about people that makes them work, that makes them act a certain way, that makes them not just behave a certain way, but think a certain way, see a certain way, emote a certain way. And the more we can understand people, the more we can understand the world at large and our place in this world. It's really a fundamental understanding, but it's quite a helpful understanding because it opens up your awareness of what is going on in the world and equally or probably more importantly, what is going on within ourself. The self matters. Understanding yourself matters. Understanding the things that are important about yourself matters quite significantly because it helps you figure out not just who you are, but what is right for you, how to do things in the correct way that are aligned to you, how to move through the world in a correct way for you, and also how to navigate your life well, how to navigate challenges well, and of course, how to navigate change well. The more you can understand human beings, the more you can create change, navigate change, change yourself, help other people who are going through change, and so much more. The idea of understanding the self is really specific to usually psychology. We just don't understand the self unless we understand people from a psychological lens, right? We can analyze people and understand what's at work to a degree if we understand some basics of psychology. But I like to go a little bit further than psychology, even though really everything that I ever speak of is grounded in psychology. Every single thing I talk about is grounded actually in two things, psychology and systems perspective, systems thinking, I'm a systems theorist, and so a systems perspective is my natural way of looking at things, but it's also my inherent way of looking at things. Some people just have a natural systems perspective. They are natural systems thinkers. I'm one of those people. And some people have a fascination with human behavior, with the human spirit, with the human soul. I am also one of those people, and those two things converge for me, and so I use them as sort of my lens for everything, and it's also my foundation for everything. And so with that said, I want to talk to you a little bit about how we understand the self, how we understand a human being, and then you will start to see by having this foundation the way you can carry it out in your life and understand others in a more holistic way, in a more complete way, and honestly, in a more respectful way. Because the more we can understand the way humans work, we understand possibly what's going on in other people. And that gives us more tolerance, more acceptance, and hopefully, by cultivating those former two, more compassion. You need to have an understanding of humans to have more compassion unless you were just one of those inherently compassionate people. So this, I hope, is a little bit of a catalyst for those things as well. That is one thing that I would love to foster in the general collective is not just an ability to create change, an ability to understand and have tolerance and acceptance, 
but an ability to hold more compassion. So let's talk a little bit about the self and what components of the self are important. When we think about the self, we tend to be very mental dominant. We live up in our heads. We think our thoughts are really everything. We think our thoughts are our truth. And because of that, we tend to associate ourselves with everything that we think. We think we are a physical body and we think we are mental and we're so much more than that. The human being is composed of several different things, several different components, and the mental component is not even the most important one, even though it is probably your most dominant one, unless you have done inner work to make shifts potentially into your heart space, as an example. So the main components of a self are our mental state and our mental space, right? Our mind, our brain, our psyche, our conscious mind, our subconscious mind, our unconscious mind. If you're even fundamentally familiar with psychology, you have heard these terms. The great Carl Jung introduced us to these. We understand that our mind is predominantly made up of different zones, and those zones are our conscious mind, and that conscious mind can be split between our higher mind and our lower mind. Our higher mind is where we have higher perception, greater awareness, and our lower mind is sort of our ego mind. It's very habitual, and that's kind of where we stay until we do the work of elevating ourselves. And then we have our subconscious mind, and within our subconscious mind, we have actually about 90% of the things that drive us that drive our thought patterns, that drive our emotional patterns, and those both drive our behavioral patterns. So it's quite interesting to think about because we're really only barely consciously aware of the things that are driving us, only 10%. 10% of what we are aware of is driving us. We are rather unconscious as human beings until we very intentionally go within and start to understand ourselves. And through that process, we become more conscious. We become more aware of what is in our subconscious. What does it mean to awaken? What does it mean to be a conscious person? Those are essentially the same thing. So if you've heard these terms lately, they're kind of recent terms. They're kind of trending right now right? You talk about people who are woke. Uh, You talk about people who have awakened. You talk about people who are awakened versus people who are not. The unawakened are usually called people who are asleep. What does that mean? It actually means something. And a lot of us can be turned off by those terms, right? Because in a way, it's a little bit condescending because if I'm awakened, you're not. And therefore, I'm better than you. I'm more superior than you because I am more aware than you. Therefore, in a way, I'm saying I'm more enlightened than you. I'm more advanced than you. But what you're really saying is that I'm just more conscious. Being awakened is about being conscious. It is about understanding yourself in a deeper way. So it is greater levels of awareness and you have become more conscious as a person of not only what's in your subconscious mind, but what is within you, your spirit, your soul, your essence, your truth, your purpose, how you are designed to operate. We could go on and on and on in this direction because there's so much to us. We are individual beings and we are highly complex and nuanced. 
And when you investigate yourself, when you go into the inner recesses of your being and you start to examine and learn who you are, you realize all of the intricacies within you. You get to know yourself, all the contours and tones and layers and all of it. It's beautiful, but it's a very tedious inner journey if you go that far. The further you go inward, the deeper you go inward, the more complete you go inward, the more conscious you are. Therefore, the more awakened you are. You are more aware of who you are as a being. And it's a profound process, and it's one that I am a huge advocate for. Know yourself. We know this quote, right? Know thyself from Socrates. The famous know thyself quote is something that has stood the test of time. It is an underpinning to everything about our psychological sciences, and it's an underpinning to so many other things if we go deeper and understand the importance of understanding human beings and what makes them work, what makes them tick, why they are the way they are, why they respond the way they respond. And the beginning of this process of becoming awakened, of becoming more conscious, begins with the very intentional act of going further than our conscious mind and going into our subconscious mind, where a lot of the things that are driving us lie, our conditioning, all the belief system programmings that drive us, that create thought patterns and emotional patterns, all of our pain and trauma, all of the things that are stored there and have become patterned. Anything that is habituated is patterned. It is fully ingrained in us. We need to start to see that. We need to illuminate ourselves to it. The more we can do that, the more we come into understanding ourselves. And by that very process, we come into a greater understanding of other human beings. And that is why we can look at other human beings and see the humanity in them, see the fallibility in them, see the challenges they face. And we can understand what is going on because people are masters at projecting things out into the world. The world only sees a sliver of who we are, and that sliver is rarely authentic. And the percentage of people who are inauthentic is extraordinarily high. However, the percentage of those inauthentic people that are doing it intentionally, meaning they are trying to falsify themselves, is actually not as high as you would think. A lot of the people that are falsifying themselves are doing it unconsciously because they don't know who they are. How do you know who you are? You go within and you learn. You learn about yourself. Start by going into your subconscious mind and then go deeper. What's deeper? Well, the unconscious mind, right? You have your conscious, then your subconscious, then your unconscious, and then the collective consciousness. But I'm talking about deeper within you as a soul. Go soul deep. That is really where you want to go. We are mental people. And so unless you are inclined naturally to be very spiritually oriented, to be very soul oriented, to be very attuned to your own heart and soul, you could say, you will neglect this and stay locked in to the mental zone, to stay very intellectual about this process. And you will go into your subconscious and you will learn much and then you will not go deeper. I urge you to go deeper, go to a soul level, get to know yourself at that level 
what awaits you there is profound. That is where you find your fullest range of gifts, all of your personality expression, your character expression, your natural ways of being and inclinations. And we'll get to that in just a moment. And it's where you find your purpose, what you're here to do. These are all soul expressions, your natural creativity in this world, how you were supposed to show up in this world, what you were supposed to bring to this world, how you were supposed to bring it. All of that is a soul expression. And so you have to learn who you are through your own soul. The soul is really where you find your depth, your truth, your wholeness. When you can find those three things, depth, truth, and wholeness, you are ready to emerge into this world authentically and powerfully. You want to find out how you become self-empowered? Go through that process. And when you reemerge, you will find that you are so connected and so authentic. You have great inner reserves of power. That inner power creates a soul, a human being that is empowered. Become empowered. When you are authentic and you are empowered, nothing really holds you back because you are so connected to who you are and you know how you're meant to show up in the world and you have the full capacity to show up in that way without sacrificing, without compromising, without self-doubt and all of the other things that hold us back, all those little voices that tell us we're not good enough or we shouldn't do that or I may not be accepted if I do this. That is all horseshit. It's garbage. Toss those little voices out. They are not enabling of an authentic self. They are not enabling of an empowered self. So the more you can come into understanding who you are at a soul level, the more empowered you become, the more authentic you become. Now, there's a lot that blocks you from understanding this because if you have accumulated a lot of pain and trauma or you are very disconnected from your own heart, from your own emotional system, you will not be able to come into knowing who you are at that deep level. Soul level understanding requires heart connection. It requires you to be very clear and healed to a degree that you're not riddled with stored pain and trauma, or with all of the things that you have disowned over the years. Enough of stuff that is disowned becomes stored in you, and it affects you the same way as pain. Not necessarily trauma. Trauma is different, but it definitely operates like pain in the system. It numbs your system. It disconnects you from your own system. And when there's enough of it, you live in a very disassociated state. You need to reassociate with yourself and then you need to clear and heal and then you need to come into deeper connections, come into deeper knowings of who you are. So if you find that you can't go soul deep, if you find that you ruminate in your mind and you can't even get to know your subconscious or you can't get to really a feeling state and understand what your emotions are telling you and they overwhelm you instead, as an example, you have too much in your body that has to be healed, released, or whatnot. Face it. Deal with it. It doesn't go anywhere. Time does not heal us. That phrase, time heals, that's horseshit too. Time doesn't heal human beings. 
we can coast through our life and we can neglect everything and it is still there waiting for us the second we are willing to peek within ourselves. It's all there. And it's all been neglected, right? So it really wants to come out and it can come out in a very overwhelming way. We can feel overwhelmed emotionally because of all that is bottled up. Time doesn't heal. What does heal? Healing work, facing your emotions, facing all that you've neglected, holding it, seeing it, sitting with it, releasing it. That heals. Do that work so you can get to your own soul. You can connect to your own heart. That process creates an interconnected state. An authentic person is a connected person, always. An inauthentic person is a disconnected person, always. And so you could look at it a different way. You could look at it in the opposite way. A disconnected person is always inauthentic. Now, they may not want to be inauthentic. They may value authenticity or they may not. And that's neither here nor there. It doesn't matter. The point is, if you are disconnected within, if you have not gone in and done the inner work, you are disconnected and you cannot show up authentically in the world. You may try and be as authentic as possible and good for you if you are, but you will be holding yourself back in some ways. You will not be able to shine in other ways. You will not be able to express as a self authentically. It takes enough understanding of who you are in order to do that. And that takes a certain amount of connection. These are completely interconnected and interdependent. There is no way of getting around these processes. You have to go within. You have to go into your subconscious and understand things. You have to go into your heart and soul and connect yourself and learn about who you are. And in order to do that, you have to face all that is blocking it that you have neglected over the years. Now, when we understand these things, we start to understand what is going on within ourselves. This also helps us understand what is going on with other people. And you could look at them and see and start to get an understanding, wow, that person is really, really blinded by their own ego or really connected to their own ego, really identified with their own ego. They're all wrapped up in themselves. They're all wrapped up in superficial things. The man who thinks masculinity is all about what your title is at work or how much money you make or what kind of car you drive, or maybe you drive a big truck or whatever it is, anything that screams societal values around masculinity, you think that is masculinity, but it's not. What is real masculinity? It's being grounded. It's being secure. It's being stable. It's being a leader. It's being the embodiment of these things. And a man who is capable of that is very comfortable with his own emotions. He may not be overly emotional. He may not emote openly, but he does not fear emotions. And therefore, he does not fear other people's emotions and shut them down. And he is incredibly strong and stable within himself. A man who is correct in his masculine energy is a source of strength, a pillar of strength. When you see a man who is all over the place, who is not stable, you do not feel stable around him. He is not exuding strong masculine energy. He's not exuding correct masculine energy. The same goes for a female or feminine energy. And by the way, when I use these terms, 
we all have a dominant energy and it can be different from our actual gender. So yes, typically we think of a man having predominantly masculine energy and a woman having predominantly feminine energy, but it can be the opposite. You can have a woman with dominant masculine energy and vice versa. So in the woman, what does that look like? Well, she is designed to be intuitive, attuned to her own emotions. She is designed to live in a state of open flow and creativity. She is designed to be nourishing. She is designed for certain ways of operating. And she needs to be able to be in safe spaces in order for that to come out. Otherwise, she holds back and she closes up. She bottles up, you could say. A woman who is bottled up is a very unhealthy woman. Her feminine energy is not correct. It's not balanced. And she's not in a healthy state because of that. And when we're not in a healthy state energetically, we are not in a healthy state emotionally. And then over time, we are not in a healthy state mentally. These are deeply interconnected. The more you can understand yourself, you will start to understand your energetics as well. The deeper you go, the further you go, at some point you come into what is right and correct for you energetically. And that always begins with what your energetic profile is, masculine or feminine to start with. If you are predominantly feminine or masculine, you need to know what it means and what the embodiment of those energies, when they are correct and in balance, look like. That's a really good starting point for a healthy person. And then clearing your emotional system and not fearing emotions is a second good step. Knowing what's in your subconscious mind, we already touched on that. That is essential. All of these things start to come together when they're prioritized, when you go within to do this work. Once you understand them and you start to do them, you start to operate differently. You start to operate optimally. You start to operate in a higher functioning way, in a very natural, correct way for you. And by for you, I mean, we're not all the same. We are individuals. We have to honor the things that make us individuals. Now that takes us to our natural ways of being and our natural inclinations. These things are inherent to who we are. And we know the obvious ones, right? Think of someone who is introverted versus extroverted. That is how they are. That is how they're designed to operate. You cannot force an introvert to be extroverted. So this is really challenging for people because you have extroverts and sometimes they can show up with a lot of confidence and we think they're great leaders or whatever, but they may not even have the competence. What you need is competence and conviction, not projected confidence. So make sure you are not looking at people being an introvert or extrovert, engaging them based on those qualities. Go deeper. What you should value in people is competence, conviction, and integrity, things like that, of course, but not projected confidence because introverts don't show up typically very confidently. And that's usually because they tend to be kind of critical thinkers. And so they're always kind of, you may call it overthinking, but it's actually just very deep critical thinking. And so they're running scenarios as an example, and then they can show up in the world and they can look like someone who is not there with authority, projecting confidence, saying this is the way, because they can maybe see several different ways. 
Or maybe they have one strong opinion, but they are not speaking it with conviction. That is why conviction is so important for introverts. Now, if we go beyond extrovert, introvert, the second most common thing you see in terms of differences in someone's natural way of being is someone who is intellectually oriented versus physically oriented. And then there's even a third one because there's some people that are very spiritually oriented. They're very connected to the spiritual world, the spiritual path. But the majority of the population, because that's a very small segment, is either physically oriented or intellectually oriented. And the way you are designed to operate will be very much aligned to one of those two things. And you have to honor them. As you go further in ways of being, you start to understand what are the natural things about you that dictate how you should be showing up in the world. And then you need to honor them, learn who you are and honor it and figure out how to show up in the world in that correct way. That is going to create a pathway for you into your own life of authenticity, of showing up empowered and authentic. And that is incredibly powerful. And then you will start to look at other people and see their differences as being good. Right now, we like everyone to be the same. We don't understand people who are not like us. And it makes us uncomfortable when people are not like us. We have a very hard time embracing differences. Some of us can be tolerant of differences. Some of us can't. And so we don't even like to surround ourselves with people who are different. We become first more tolerant, then more accepting through understanding the uniqueness of every person and what makes them tick and valuing that diversity in this way, in the human way. We are talking about moving away from a shift of loving a society that is homogenized to a society that is rich with individuation. This is what we should be valuing. This is when everyone is showing up authentically and able to bring themselves forward creatively and passionately as themselves doing what's right for them. And we celebrate that. We cherish that. We cultivate that. Thank you so much for listening.